Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 362, we're revisiting the highlights of 2021. Early retirement, paying tax on Roth conversions, the infamous backdoor Roth conversion, asset location, and more. These are the most important topics from our most popular podcast episodes and YouTube videos of 2021, plus the most impactful listener comments of the year, shall we say? You'll also hear the funniest derails of 2021, but in real time as they happen, rather than at the very end of the episode. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Al on air to send in your money questions via email or voice message. We'll kick things off with the topic of 2021's most downloaded YMYW episode, number 341, the early retirement spitball analysis. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. YMYW team, I really enjoy your show. Thank you for all the information you share. I started listening back in 2019 during my one-hour commute in my 2013 Mazda hatchback. But I've been mostly working from home, so now listening to your show helps me mentally separate the work time from home time since I don't commute as much. Oh, that's so interesting. I can just visualize Adam. Yeah. He's like, okay, instead of getting, he's getting in his he's car. He's getting my car. But he's just so, going to so, listen to the so podcast. So to speak, yeah. <laughs> but he's not going to drive anymore. He'll, he'll walk around and do his 10,000 steps. Yeah, he's separate. That's his commute. Yeah, he's he's like, se- separates. Okay. Going to maybe go in the garage, <laughs> sit in the car. Could do Listen that. to it, right? right? Just don't pull anywhere out or just walk around the house. That's right. And, uh, you know, is the rest of his family. Don't bug me. Yeah. I'm commuting. Yeah, I'm commuting right now. <laughs> hey, Dad, um, shut up. I'm commuting. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not here. Can't you tell? <laughs> I'm driving to work right now. Uh, In my head. I'm 37. My wife is 41. We've saved $2.3 million. Take for our early retirement. Jesus, Adam. Yeah, Good for you. That's wonderful. Uh, did you have that much at age thirty-seven? Oh yeah, I, I know. Kidding. I know you did. <laughs> Way more than that. Uh, they call you Big Al with the big wall. Yeah, but I guess you've got a bigger one. If if you if you're more than that at thirty-seven, that's uh, that's impressive. That is impressive. Uh, no, nine hundred forty-one thousand dollars in a taxable brokerage account, $759,000 in my company 401k split between Roth and traditional, $383,000 total in the Roths, ninety-five dollars in the state's retirement system, and $87,000 sitting in various cash accounts, sinking funds. We're investing about $100,000 a year in these accounts, um, about half of which is to the taxable brokerage accounts. Our primary residence is about $400,000 have $125,000 remaining on the mortgage, and we have a rental townhouse worth about 190 k uh, with no mortgage, with some small positive cash flow. We've been paying more to our mortgage, so it'll be gone if we retire early and could have it paid off in 2025 at that rate. If our tenant decides to move, I think we'll decide to sell the rental. We have two kids, 10 and 8 this year. We have $224,000 total saved for their college. Wow. <laughs> Killing it. Just, what the hell are you, what's your question? <laughs> you just have no question. on and just on, on about his assets. This is, oh, I'm, pretty, I'm, way, I'm pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, I have a PhD in <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> I have no idea how much to target here, uh, but I know I want to pay for it in full. So we're aiming for about 200 $400,000 total combined. We are only contributing $4.8,000 per year at the moment, though. But 
they also get an occasional gift from family. Our average spending over the last several years is about $56,000 after taking out all the rental and mortgage expenses and not including health insurance deducted from our paychecks. Our retirement expense will have to add in health care taxes and maybe some increase for growing kids and new expenses, maybe $80,000, $90,000. After the last year, it struck me that we're possible almost there. And expenses, withdrawal rates, asset location allocation have been on my mind. Our investment goals started at $2 million and has steadily grown to more conservative $3 million over the year. Our investments are diversified stock mutual funds, some value tilt and international. I'm starting to think I need to move more into bonds. But what else should we be thinking about now that we're starting to approach the end game? Do you think our asset allocation locations are generally set up for a long safety early retirement? How much is enough anyway? Because I keep wanting to increase our target amount. We know we're very fortunate to be in this position, and we appreciate any thoughts you might share about the final few years before retirement. Thanks. All right, Adam from Florida. He's spending $80,000, $90,000 a year. He is how old? Like 37? Yeah, 37. Wife, 41. Okay, so he's going to retire at 40? Call it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, a little fire? Yep. Fire, little, yeah, yeah. Fire for financial independence, retire early. So ninety thousand dollars. I'm gonna go point three. So yeah, I agree with that. Maybe even twenty five points. Yeah, he needs about three to four million dollars. Yeah, probably at least three million. So we got that by taking ninety thousand divided by point oh three. So that would be a three percent distribution rate. You've heard us talk about a four percent rate. That's that's if you're in your sixties. When you're going to retire early, maybe it's two and a half or three percent, something like that, to be a little bit safer. Yeah. So three million. That's cutting it close. Yeah. And I guess he's got two point three right now, right? I believe in his targets three million. Yes, I mean close. Yeah. So if he's going to work a couple, and he's saving a hundred some thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, he might have to work four years instead of three, but I mean, you're you're, you're pretty close. Right. So I would say three, three and a half is kind of, if you're spending $90,000, I know he's not spending that, but then there's healthcare. He's got older yeah, children. He's right. not working. You're 40 years old and you're not working. What are you, what are you going to do? Well, that's a question too. Right. You got to spend, you're going to probably spend money. All right. Unless I, I don't know if it were me, I'd be spending twice as much because <laughs> I work all the time. Right. If I had more time off, I mean, I would be broke. You would. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is the best savings account. Just hunker down in an office for 80 hours a week and be miserable. <laughs> and then go home and just drink a ton of JMO. Got it. <laughs> is that uh, from I'm, experience? Then I'm going to build a shop. <laughs> sort of fixing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, you're right on track. When should he start going to bonds? I would start moving into bonds shortly. If your retirement date is a couple of years out, you know, then that's kind of your you know, five years from retirement, five years out. That's kind of what some people call, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's, it's getting really close. So I would want to be in the allocation that you need. And so here's a good rule of thumb is that probably you want 10 years of a bonds of income. So let's say you're spending a hundred thousand dollars. You want at least 500,000 out of your target, $3 million into bonds, because no matter what happens over the 10 years, you'll still have that 100000 that you can pull out, even though the rest of the portfolio is extremely volatile if the market crashes over that next 10 years. Yes, but that's 100000 for five years, right? That's 500000 I, I mean, at 40? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I would go. For, what did yeah, I say? You said ten years. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Right. So five and, years anyway, would be five hundred. That, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, you we you can go ten years. That's even safer. But you you know. Well, then that's a million dollars out of the three. Right. Right. I mean, that's still pretty. It's, uh, it's still fairly aggressive. Yeah, right? one third. But but at least at least uh, what you're spending ninety thousand. We rounded a hundred times five years for for you know safe money for at least five years of distributions. Yeah, that would be probably a minimum. Yep. Five, I would say 500 to a million dollars in bonds Agreed. over the next couple of years um, as you get in retirement. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks for the help on the math. And thanks for the question. And congratulations, Adam. Diego writes in from Maryland. Cheers to the gang. Long time. First time. I'm a classic do-it-yourselfer trying to get free information from generous and magnanimous. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the hell is that? Means generous. It's another word for generous. Magnanimous. Magnanimous. <laughs> Folks like you. Um, I have put together our personal net worth statement and use that to project our growth. And to get a general time frame, uh, when retirement is feasible. In addition to being a do-it-yourselfer, I'm also one of those wackos trying to retire early between 45 and 55. Nothing wrong with that. Remember my plan, Joe. I was going to retire at 47. How'd that work out, big Al? How old are you all now? 64. Just turned 64. Well, in Hawaii, I might add, which is where I'm at right now as we record this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my wife and I are in our mid-30s. You got $65,000 in cash, not earmarked for retirement. $650,000 in equities, earmarked for retirement. No fixed income. The equities are split evenly between a taxable brokerage account in a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k. Uh, low cost, globally diversified index funds, yada, yada, yada. My two questions, if you're generous enough to answer them, are if I take the nominal growth rate for the equities, say 7%, and subtract a ballpark inflation rate, say 2%, can I use a 5% growth rate for equities to keep figures in today's dollars? Alan? I would say, no, that's not the best way to do it. Use the 7%, but if you think inflation is going to be 2%, then inflate your expenses 2% per year until you retire to get a sense of how this actually works out. I don't, I don't think this math works the same. I don't think so either. So what he's saying is that take your $650,000 of assets, grow them at 7% for the next, what is he? He's 30 years old, wants to retire in, let's call it 25 years. Or 15 yeah, years, I'm sorry? Yeah, mid, mid-30s. Yeah, call it 15, 20 years. Yeah, so just run that out 15, 20 years. And whatever that you're adding or you know contributing to those plans, you know, put that into your overall equation. And then use your expenses. And so some, you know, I would break down my expenses if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty on this. Your mortgage is going to be flat, right? Because it's a fixed payment. But you're going to have other expenses that are going to grow higher than 2%. You're going to have other expenses that might grow at 2%. So you could use kind of a blended rate there. So that's how I would look at it and look to see what your shortfalls are um, or surpluses and then kind of go from there. That's how I'd look at your planning. If you want to do a quick back of the envelope, uh, maybe you can do something like that. The market has been pretty strong and has been up pretty much the whole time I've been investing. So it feels like using $650,000 in equities earmarked for retirement is an artificially high starting point. Do you have any rules of thumb I could use? Such as keep the 7% growth rate, but instead of starting my projections at the current value of the equities, start them at 80% of the value. 
essentially assuming we're always on the verge of a 20% market decline, but assume that long-term growth rates will still average out to 7%, or is the current value always the best starting point? Thanks for the discussion. Hope you found at least one or two points when reading this to make a joke, because Lord knows your listeners tune in more than just financial advice. All right. I guess we joke a lot. We just make fun of people all day. (laughs) You do, Joe. I do not make fun of anyone. I'm just reading the questions and I'm just giving my opinion. Right. I don't know if that's making fun. We can't say that in today's environment. I I would just start. I'd start with the real starting point, 650. I mean, you don't, there's going to be a correction. Sure. But who knows when and 7% of, fairly conservative number if you're 100% equities. I mean, the S&P itself has, has over 100 years has gone up almost 10%. If you just look at a single asset class, and then if you look at small company value companies that he's got some blend here, those have gone up more over the last 100 years. No guarantee on the future whatsoever. And stocks are volatile. But yeah, that's what I would do. I would just start with the 650 and throw in 7%. And see what, and then, and then I would probably use the three percent inflation rate uh, for my expenses, and see how they came out, and just compare those two. By the time you get to age forty-five or fifty or fifty-five, whatever. Yeah, uh, in our firm we use three and a half, so we yep. use six percent and three and a half percent inflation. So yeah, you know, so a nominal true rate of return is a couple percent. So we feel that's fairly conservative. Correct. So you could do it, you know, if you want kind of back of the envelope, a little spitballing. Yeah, use five because the way we just explained it is that's a that's a lot more work. It's a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more complicated. But I like where he's at because he's like, you know what, man? I got six hundred and fifty grand. I'm in my mid thirties. I'm a wacko. I'm a little fire freak. But I want to be conservative. Should I should I bust this thing down twenty percent? I mean. What he's looking at is, I think, on the right track. He's he's being conservative with his numbers. Um, instead of saying, hey, I got 650. I was making 15% over the last six years. I'm going to continue to use that because I know what stocks to pick or the funds are going to continue to perform this way. Um, he's looking at it as like, wow, I've had, I got lucky. I got a really good run over the last several years. Every year that I've invested, I haven't lost money because the markets have accumulated to a degree that I don't know is feasible anymore. So should I just take a look and give myself a 20% haircut right now? <laughs> so no, it's, I would You don't have to, it's conservative. And we like being conservative, you know, use 5% if you want, do an inflation rate on the expenses, start lower. If it works out, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, appreciate it. Like the questions. Hey, the special offer at yourmoneyyourwealth.com right now, it's our DIY retirement guide. And while all our other guides and white papers and handbooks are always available in the financial resources section of our website, the DIY retirement guide is only available at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for the next few days. This free 48-page guide has steps to understand and plan your retirement income, strategies for choosing a tax-efficient distribution method, tips on preparing for the unexpected, and much more for those of you who are do-it-yourselfers. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, go to the show notes, and download the DIY Retirement Guide. Once it's gone, it will not be available again for several months. So download your copy by this Friday. That's January 28th, 2022. 
Next up, the most popular YMYW podcast episode on our YouTube channel was number 349, How to Pay the Tax on a Roth Conversion. Uh, Lisa. Liza. Right Liza. Liza Minnelli. Right. Uh, writes in from San Diego. Hi, Joe and Big Al. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I enjoy listening to both of you. I retired in December of 2020 and 61 because I have to take care of my mother. Uh, my husband ret- retired in 2015. We're in the 12% tax bracket. He probably answered a lot of questions regarding Roth IRA. No, this is <laughs> Have we ever first talked one. about Roth conversions? First one. I would like to do a Roth conversion. Is it possible, uh, please, to give me calculations on how much to pay federal and state taxes on a $60,000 Roth conversion? When I was planning to do a conversion at Vanguard, they were asking me about tax withholding, and I don't know how much. Another question is regarding my 401k and Roth 401k. For my understanding, if I withdraw from my 401k, I don't have to pay federal taxes, but I have to pay state taxes. How much is state tax in California. My last concern is my Roth 401k. Do I still need to roll over it first to a traditional IRA before I rolling it into my Roth IRA? I thought federal and state taxes have been paid because it's a Roth. I hope you'll be able to answer my questions. Thank you for your time. Um, okay. We got a lot of stuff to unpack here. Yeah, we do. We're really good questions. And yep. I'm glad you, you, you caught our show. And so we can kind of save your life here. <laughs> Because there's a couple of things that are a little off. A little off. Okay. So Liza wants to do a $60,000 Roth conversion. So she says, my husband and I are in the 12% tax bracket. So the top of the 12% tax bracket for a married couple is roughly $80,000. Correct. And if you take out the standard deduction of $25,000, that gives you, let's say, $80,000, Correct. That you could potentially convert and be in that 12% tax bracket if you have no other income on your tax return. Yeah, just making it real simple. And we, we know from experience, most of you, many of you use the itemized deduction since it's generous and they took away the state taxes. So pro- standard, oh, sta- or, standard the state taxes on the, yeah, um, on the standard on the, uh, on the itemized itemized. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, which is 25,000. So yeah. In other words, if your total income is 105,000, including the $60,000 Roth conversion, then you're going to be in that 12% bracket. So it's not too difficult. 12% of the 60,000, right. Is, is your, is your number. Yeah. So that's about what seventy two hundred. Mm-hmm. See if I got the math right. Seventy two hundred bucks. And then on the state side, uh, it's graduate. It's a little harder to calculate in my head, but let's just say seven percent, seven percent, eight percent. I don't know. Let's say eight percent. I was going to say something less than that, but yeah, yeah. But we'll say we'll say seven. So okay, that'd be like forty two hundred. These are rough rough numbers. If you want to know for sure, what you do is you you get TurboTax, you plug in your numbers in TurboTax without the Roth conversion, and then you do another uh, version with the Roth conversion and see what the difference in tax is, and that's how much you have to pay. If you want to get more exact on this, so I guess her question is, um, you know, Vanguard's asking me how much money that I would like to withhold in taxes. Right. We would say zero. You want to pay the tax outside of the the, the retirement account. So Agreed. you're sixty thousand dollars. You want to convert, put a hundred percent of that sixty grand into the Roth. 
then you're going to get a federal tax bill of roughly $7,000 next year, give or take. We don't know what your other income yeah. sources are. It could be less. It could be more. That's right. And that's federal plus state. Uh, uh, federal yeah. then plus state. So call it $10,000, $11,000 total in taxes that you're going to have to pay to get $60,000 in the Roth. So why would you want to do that? Why would you want to pay $11,000 to get $60,000 into the Roth? Because the $60,000 will forever grow 100% tax-free. The 60,000 grows to 70,000, 80,000, 90,000. You pull it out then, you're not going to pay tax. There's no way around the tax. You're going to have to pay that $11,000 in tax at some point in your life. So would you rather pay it now when tax rates are low and don't have to ever worry about the tax again? Alan, I believe that's probably the right answer. So you don't have to convert all 60,000 either. Let's say you just want to convert 10,000. And then your tax on that is 1200 bucks. Maybe you want to convert 20,000, 30,000, do some small chunks over the next several years because you're still pretty young. Um, I believe, what is she, 61 years of age? 61, yep. So you still have multiple years until Social Security kicks in, depending on when you claim it, or um, you have multiple years until you're required a minimum distribution. So that's some ideas that we have for you in regards to converting. Yeah. And, and so, by the way, as a follow-up to that, so it's better if you have money outside of a retirement account to pay the tax with that. Let's call it the $11,000. And then you get the whole 60000 in to the Roth. Now, if you don't have that, if you don't have money outside of retirement, you could do a withholding because you're over 59 and a half. So at least there's no penalty. But now you end up with 49000 in the Roth instead of fifty. So it can still make sense as long as you're over 59 and a half, but that's not the preferred method. The preferred method is to use other resources to pay the tax. Second, you stated here, for my understanding, if I withdraw my 401k, I do not have to pay federal taxes. Uh, no, any dollar that you take out of the 401k plan, you'll be subject to federal taxes and state taxes. Both. Yep. So, um, and that's because you got a tax deduction when you put the money in. And so when it comes out, it's fully taxable. The Roth 401k, you would move that directly into a Roth IRA. Don't put it into an IRA. Yeah. Because that would blow you up because then to get it out of the IRA, now you have to pay taxes on it and just a mapping on it. You could make a mistake there. So just make sure you put a Roth 401k into a Roth IRA. Yeah. So just if you think of the sequence, so a Roth 401k, if you want to go ahead and transfer that to a Roth IRA, that's fine. No taxes, no problem, no issue. If you have a regular 401k and you want to transfer that to a regular IRA, no problem. It's you basically deferring the taxes in one vehicle or another. The only time where there's a problem is when you have a regular 401k and you put it directly into your Roth IRA. Well, that's called a conversion. <laughs> you got to pay federal and state taxes on that. So a few things for you. Hopefully that answers your question. And do you want to roll the Roth out? I would, depending on your plan, because sometimes, let's say if you have a Roth 401k, you have a 401k plan with a, a Roth provision and it's um, a pre-tax or, or a standard provision, I guess. And you have $50,000 in Roth and $50,000 of pre-tax. And you want to take $10,000 out of the account. Sometimes you can't elect if you want to take Roth or pre-tax. They're going to give you a pro rata. So 5,000 is going to come out Roth, 5,000 is going to come out taxable. And so 
the whole idea of tax diversification, of having money into a Roth, having money in pre-tax, having money into a, a brokerage account is for you to be able to control your distributions when you pull the money out to create your income to keep yourself in the lowest tax bracket possible. Most of individuals have all of their savings in a 401k plan. They have very little control over their taxes because it's all tax at ordinary income rates. You pull out $100,000 out of your 401k or IRA, you're going to be taxed federal and state on the $100,000, depending on what tax bracket you're in. But let's say I want to pull out $100,000. Well, I might only pull out $60,000 from my 401k plan to keep me in the 12% tax bracket. Then I'm going to pull another $40,000 out of my Roth IRA. I'm not going to pay any tax whatsoever. So I'm going to be able to control my taxes long-term if I have that diversification. So Lisa's on the right track that she's got a Roth IRA. She wants to do some conversions and she wants to be able to control her taxes long-term. However, you're getting confused a little bit on the rules. So be careful. Once you make these mistakes with the IRAs or 401ks, sometimes it's irrevocable. You blow yourself up. I mean, we've seen people take huge distributions out of reti retirement accounts, like to purchase homes. Right. Or to pay off a mortgage. To pay off, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they took 400 grand out of their, their 401k plan when they retired to pay off their mortgage. Yeah. $400,000 mortgage. They're all excited. They come see us and they say, look what I did. And we say, whoops, <laughs> how are you going to pay the tax on that 400,000? Right. Oh, well, what do you mean? How much is it going to be? Well, it's going to be like 200 grand. <laughs> so what are they going to do? They've got to refinance their house to pull the money out to pay the tax the next year. Yeah, the, 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 what they paid off in the first place. So be very, very careful with these accounts. You know, once you kind of Humpty Dumpty falls off the, the ledge there, it's pretty hard to, you know, put them back together. And now Joe and Big Al's best explanation of 2021, at least, of Roth and backdoor Roth and mega backdoor Roth conversions. We got Eric from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, guys, and Andy. I'm getting mixed signals regarding the mega backdoor Roth conversion strategy. Sorry. <laughs> Please clarify, uh, clarify, how long should I wait to convert the after-tax contributions in my 401k to either my Roth 401k or my Roth IRA to avoid the 6% excise tax penalty? Yeah, boy. Eric from Las Vegas is reading all sorts of stuff. <laughs> you're mixing and matching things. You Eric. got mixed <laughs> signals. Yes, your signals are all tuned in Tokyo. Come on, Eric. All right, let's a couple things. A backdoor Roth conversion. He's doing the mega backdoor. This is the mega. This is where you do it through the 401k. All right. So <laughs> I think people don't even know what the hell the I, mega backdoor Roth is. It, there's yeah. so many plans. There's not that many plans that allows after tax contributions. True. If Eric, you have a 401k plan that allows after tax contributions. Okay. So you made after tax contributions. You take those after tax contributions from your 401k, convert those after tax contributions into a Roth IRA. That is called a conversion. There would be no tax. Why people call this stupid thing the mega backdoor, barn door, doggy bore, whatever <laughs> door, is that it's more than you can put in as a regular contribution, right? Yep, that's right. A regular contribution is $6,000, and a backdoor Roth contribution is you contribute $6,000 to an IRA, and then you convert that. And that's all you can do. Now, when it comes to 401k, you have money withheld from your paycheck. You generally get a deduction on your pay, so you pay less taxes. But when you fill that thing up, 19500 
some plans, not many, but some plans allow you to put more money in after tax money, money that you've already paid tax on. So that's what we're talking about. If your plan allows that and you put the money in, then you can turn around and take that money and convert it to a Roth. So now all the future growth in that after-tax part is tax-free. The 6% excise tax is when you you, you just dump a bunch of money money into a Roth. That you shouldn't have. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. I want to do a dump truck Roth. I'm going to take my $200,000 brokerage account. Let's put that in the Roth. How'd you get that? I don't know. I just wanted to. You talked about a mega. Let's do a dump correctly. <laughs> so I got 200000 laying around. I thought I'd just throw it into a Roth IRA. Yeah. I, you know, I listened to this, this show called Your Money, Your Wealth. That's all they talk about is mega backdoor Roths. So the thing is, you can only put money into a Roth when you are allowed to. There are certain ways. There's it's a rules. contribution or a conversion. Those that, you can't just do it. And if you put money into Roth that you shouldn't, then you get the then you 6%. get the six percent. And, and sometimes this happens to well-meaning people. They put six thousand dollars into Roth, and lo and behold, year by year end, they make too much money to qualify. So the IRS says till October fifteenth of the following year, you could pull the money out without paying the excise tax. But if you go past October fifteenth, you got to pay that six percent tax each and every year that you keep that Roth amount in there that you, sh- you weren't allowed to contribute. So right now, the, the, for 2021, Al, the, the income limitation for Roth IRA contributions is what? Single, it is between 125 and 140. 125 and 140. All right. So if you make over $140,000, if you're single, Eric, then you don't qualify for a Roth IRA contribution, which is only $6,000 or 7,000 if you're over 50. That's the max amount you can put into a Roth IRA as a contribution. If you make more than that, then that's where the backdoor stuff comes into play because there is no income limitation to put money into a regular IRA. So you put your $6,000 or $7,000 into an IRA. Because you make 140,000 plus or 200,000 plus as a married person, you can't take the tax deduction. So now you have after-tax basis in the IRA. Then you convert that into a Roth IRA. There's basis, so there's no double tax. There's no tax. You never got a deduction. So there's no tax on the conversion. So now the money is sitting in the Roth, but you can only do that with $7,000. Or if you have a 401k plan that we talked about earlier that allows after-tax contributions, those after-tax contributions can be converted, but double-check because it doesn't sound like he has an after-tax component. That's the that's the biggest key to the mega backdoor. <laughs> yeah, you have to have that. Otherwise, forget about it. Yes, and most employers don't allow, don't have it. Yeah. So if, if you're just throwing cash above $6,000 from your brokerage account into a Roth, then that's where the excise tax comes from. Yeah, I happen to know of a larger payroll company that does 401k plans that never even heard of after-tax contributions (laughs) and that they're in the business. So just be careful (laughs) about this. (laughs) Uh, So Eric, hopefully that helps because there's no 6% excise tax penalty. Yeah, that's only if you put money into something that you shouldn't have. Another example would be you, put, you contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA and you don't have any earned income and your spouse has no earned income, 
then you didn't qualify. So you put money in that you shouldn't have. And so that's where the 6% excise tax comes into play. Each and every year you leave it in. So let's say you do that $6,000 goes into the account and you leave it there for 10 years and it never grew, right? 6% over 10 years, that would be what, 3,600? 30, yeah. That'd be your excise tax. And if it's 20 years, your penalty is more than your account. Right. Should you be moving money into a Roth account and getting lifetime tax-free growth on your investments? Click the Get an Assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and schedule a no-cost, no-obligation, one-on-one, personalized, deep dive into your entire financial situation with an experienced financial professional on Joan Bigel's team at Pure Financial Advisors. The Roth conversion, as you have heard, is an awesome tool, but it isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter financial solution. What works best for you and your family might be entirely different depending on your goals, your current circumstances, your risk tolerance, and your plans for retirement. Find out what strategy is going to help you make the most of your retirement dollars. Go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click get an assessment now. Next up, a very useful discussion of asset location, which happens to include the funniest derail of 2021, the snit bit. All right. um, Hi, all. I was listening to your podcast while on my daily five-mile walk. Five-mile walk? That's pretty good. Five miles? That's yep. a long walk. That's that takes a, a lot of time. It does. It's that's about that's about ten thousand steps. I, I do that each day. Wow, look at Big Al with this brain. I got my. What I got time my do you step, wake up, Al? I got my step counter. I just do it throughout the day. Like today, I, ah, I took okay. about. He walks up and down his stairs, <laughs> yeah. like four hundred <laughs> times before he leaves the house. I went. Yeah, well, <laughs> I do sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, today I walked about thirty-five minutes at lunch. Oh. Five mile walk. All right. Um, I'm really impressed with my, yeah, I'm really impressed with you, Al. <laughs> what's, what's your step count so far today? I don't, I don't wear any of those. It's on your phone. Those gadgets. No, I don't I carry my phone. Oh, you don't carry I don't you? even have my phone with me. Oh, okay. Well then you won't know. I do a lot of miles on the old Peloton. I now. know you do. Yeah. That's where you count it. Yeah. And, um, well, if you want to start doing a competition now, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> You can't beat me on steps. Oh, just okay. Now <laughs> I'm just going to do it out of spite. Uh, all right. In your discussion on asset location, maybe question whether I'm giving some incorrect guidance to my kids, both in their late 20s. Uh, they both have followed my advice to save 20% of their gross income for retirement. At this point, their incomes are such that they can put the entire 25, uh, 20% of their savings into the Roth 401k and Roth IRAs without hitting the contribution limits, which is what I advise them to do. Yes. After cons- so, far, so far, so good, Mike. All right. Yes. Giving a little advice on the side after he's walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our been, podcast. Been thinking about he's it. just like five miles. Listen to us. He's like, I'm going to talk to my kids <laughs> and give like, them some advice. And they're going to think it's super cool. I thought I had it until mile number four. Then I changed my mind. <laughs> Then all of a sudden I listen to podcasts. But all right, where are we at here? <laughs> okay, um, so 401k Roth IRAs without okay, which I advise them to do. After considering the asset location discussion, I'm not concerned that I should have advised them to put a portion of their retirement savings in a traditional 401k or traditional IRA or even a regular brokerage account to achieve location diversification. Was I wrong to advise them and put all in Roths? 
These savings are entirely for their retirements as they have other savings at brokerage and savings accounts for their other financial goals. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've been listening for a number of years. Your show has always given me a number of light bulb moments. Thank you so much, Mike. Light bulb That's moments. That's cool. It's I like, like it. it's like Snoopy and the, you know, the little cartoon. That needs a sound effect. Bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, wait a minute. He was walking. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going all Roths. Yeah. And then he listened to another it's podcast. Like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Light bulb. Maybe yep. we should switch gears here. Uh, Mike, no, there's. Uh, yeah, you're right on track. You're right Mike. on track. Yeah. Why go taxable or tax deferred when you can get everything into a tax free account? If they can grow it tax free, if they qualify tax free, tax diversification is nothing because everything will come out with zero tax. The problem that we see today is people, is probably Mike's age, right? Most of our listeners. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that anymore because we have such a variety of listeners. We do. Um, a lot of our clients, right? They come to us and they have just like that last caller, right? 98% of my money is in a retirement account. Yeah. 3% is outside. So there's very diversification there because they didn't learn to kind of diversify as they go. They went everything tax deferred, tax deferred, tax deferred. It would be ideal if everything is tax free. So we do a ton of work for our clients to try to get them diversified from a tax perspective. Yeah, because they're not. Because they're not. Yes. And so if everything is in a Roth, that is the golden child. That's (laughs) ideal. That's that's the standard. That's where you You want to be. You don't need diversification there. Zero. Because you're doing diversification to mitigate your taxes. When you have everything in Roth, it's zero taxes. That's pretty good. <laughs> then you won't even pay taxes on your social security at Nothing. that point. Yes. But Mike, here's another thing is while your kids are in their twenties, they probably have lower salaries. They'll probably be in higher brackets later. If they want a little more diversification to get a tax deduction later, let them do that when they're in a higher bracket. Not right now. Now put it everything in rod, just like what you told them. Yep. I think especially in their late twenties. Yeah. Think of all those years, decades of tax-free growth compounded. Right. Maybe when they're in their, I, I guess, what's your peak earning years? Like not until your fifties, but maybe right, these 50s. guys are, right? Yeah. You're not even there. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> then I'm going to go, then I'm going to go tax deferred when I start making yeah, some money. Yeah. We start making some money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Well, no, that's, that's good because people hear snippets, you know, Snippets. Snip, snip <laughs> that a new word. <laughs> I like that word. Snippets. I mean, <laughs> it's like fit, Fitbit. <laughs> snippet. Wow. It's it's replaced snippets. And that was <laughs> well, you got me thinking about walking miles and fitbits and Oh my God, snippets. It's a good snippet. I like that word. I'm going to use that now. What, what, the, what the hell's the word? What is We're it? We're coming up with our whole own language here. It's snippets. Snippets. I like snippets better. So do I. <laughs> I'm going to say that now. Just don't say it around Joe. You won't be able to carry on the conversation. Oh, God. God, I'm sweating. That's like, oh. Snippets. That's hilarious. I just sound like an idiot. I can't believe anyone <laughs> listens to this show. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. 
Oh, all right. We're going to take a break after that. All right. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. Learn more about why asset location matters. Download the free guide on that topic from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. Now, wrapping up the best of 2021 here on the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast, we have the listener comments that have made the biggest mark on YMYW. Alan, we got this review. Joe's Arrogance. Something less Joe morale. <laughs> so I think I'm retiring from this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah. So you take it over, brother. <laughs> I'm out. But I will say, we could. She could have just as easily written more Joe, less Al. Joe is interesting. Al is boring. Joe's arrogance. <laughs> I don't. Am I? Do I sound arrogant on occasion? How <laughs> do you know? <laughs> I don't think I'm arrogant at all. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just I'm having this is my personality. I don't think I'm arrogant. It says you talk over me. What the hell are you doing talking, Al? I'm trying to <laughs> over talking Big Al in demeaning comments about people that write in is off putting. Well, when you read and answer questions. <laughs> For a living. For a living. Right. And you talk to clients face to face. This is my outlet. (laughs) (laughs) This is your chance to let loose, right? And to be really honest and say, you know what? Hey, I want to help you. I'm just going to help you behind the microphone. Right. Got it. Right. Because when you ask really stupid questions, it's it's fun for me to say, wow, that was really stupid. (laughs) Even though I don't say it, but I guess I'm super arrogant (laughs) on saying that. Well, if you ever want to learn how to be nicer, I'll take you to my yoga class and you can learn more about Zen. I'm fully Zen. The the show provides meaningful information, but it's just hard to get past Joe's self-important attitude. Hey, you got four stars for that. It's pretty good. Still got four. Is is the four for Al? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And I got the negative one. Well, I don't know. That's pretty funny. Well, Joe, you, have you ever done yoga? Uh, no, I don't. That would be interesting, interesting to watch. No, nope. you're too okay. self-important for that. I'm very arrogant for yoga. <laughs> I do it every Saturday morning. Whenever you're ready, brother, just come on over. Uh, I'm on the golf course drinking Coors Lights. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just, just being self-absorbed, <laughs> <laughs> blowing everyone up. Every time you hit a great shot. Oh, <laughs> look at that. I am Can, so awesome. You believe you that? You are terrible. And someone else hits a good shot. Well, that was whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Andy, am I arrogant? Oh, don't ask me, Joe. You know, Andy, please don't, I, please don't ask me. You know, well, we, so we did. We're, we're back uh, doing these webinars, and it was a complete and utter disaster. Okay. Why? Oh, because I, I blew up. Don't forgot well, how to of, do it. Well, oh, out did. of practice. Oh. We were in the TV studio. Right. The, the heat lamps were on. I'm sweating. <laughs> Those are bright lights. Oh, my gosh. You know, and then all of a sudden, the, some of the slides were a little bit different than I was expecting. And I was like, oh, my God. That then he just started out. yelling at the camera. <laughs> then I got arrogant. <laughs> it's super was that live? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yep. Oh, yeah. live. Oh, boy. Yep. We're going to get some reviews on that <laughs> yeah, one. Some reviews. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're not even going to get four stars on that. I know. That's, well, we've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. Well, all I know is it doesn't really matter. Sometimes people love you. Sometimes they love me. Sometimes they don't like you. Sometimes they don't like me. Usually, I don't when, think anyone doesn't like Big Al. We're going to have tax chat with Big well, Al. 
Can you imagine listening to 90 minutes of me? <laughs> it just wouldn't be that interesting. Even I would fall asleep on that. Well, yeah, I think. Um, I think Although I think maybe because I have trouble sleeping. Maybe that's a good idea. Uh, so we got another great one. One star. In my opinion, Andy and Al are excellent. Joe adds little value to the show. <laughs> uh, often appears bored. Yes. You got you nailed that. <laughs> the show is terrible. Uh, belittles his callers and really should consider retiring. Wow. <laughs> we just got that one a few days ago. That must have been from the last podcast. Oh, really yep. appreciate it. You must have got off on something. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's something. <laughs> and the, the name is Real Life Ninja. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a real life ninja. He's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't retire, I'm gonna like I would, whip a Chinese star at your I ass. I wouldn't go out at night for a while. Tell that oh, that podcast kind of becomes old <laughs> history. <laughs> this this was like two day, two days ago. Show. You're in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. Those, those star things, <laughs> yeah. those look like they hurt. He's got some magic dust. He's going to come out of the elevator. Poof. He's going to kicking my ass. Good. Well, I can't believe you belittled my question. You better, I'll, I'll, you better get a bodyguard for a while. Oh, God. All right. Uh, we got a, we got a five star. There we did. Okay. Here we go. Good. Uh, listen, learn, and be entertained. If you care about getting smarter about your money, including asset allocation, retirement, readiness, social security, withdrawal strategies, etc., this is a must listen. Plus, these guys laugh out loud funny. Yes, oh. they do. They do laugh out loud. That is true. All right. <laughs> yeah, we don't fake that. Oh, nope. God. I love the, the real life ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Joe has little value. He's bored. <laughs> Guys, he's a half idiot. You should hear him try to read a question. Uh, all right. Thanks for your comments, your questions, um, and your reviews. Uh, we got to get out of here. We'll see you again next week. Show's going to your money, your wealth. There you have it. It's the best of the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast in 2021. Now, as you listen through this year, 2022, would you do us two favors? First of all, when you hear a particularly helpful or hilarious discussion, click Ask Joe and Al on air in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and tell us that you just heard a best of 2022 contender. And second, tell your friends and your family and your colleagues. Thank you very much for your contributions. As you know, YMYW would not be a show if it weren't for you. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call us at 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure can help you identify strategies to create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.